Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. This morning we're, we're starting a new series of messages called Navigating the Tension. And so if you're looking at your program, you see on the front cover, you see this image here. And we're going to be walking through this series right up. This is going to lead us right up to Easter Sunday. And so, but you see the distorted lines on the, on the program or on this image up here. You see sort of the distorted lines, right? Where the, where the black and white sort of come together. It's sort of distorted there. This represents the fact that there are some issues in life that are neither black or white. There are some issues that, that they seem really black and white, but when you get up close to it, it's, 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 it's a little blurry on what, what that is. And sometimes we look at an issue in life and we begin to form an opinion on something and then later that opinion begins to shift. Imagine I put something on this stool right here and I said, hey, here's this, here's this issue of our culture. Here's this hot topic. And we're all looking at it. And from, from your angle, you see one thing, I see something, and I might decide, man, this is, this is how it needs to be. This is my thought. This is my opinion. I've concluded some things. And so maybe I, I, I form this opinion. But then some things happen. Maybe I gain a little more experience in life. And my position, my angle of looking at that issue has also shifted. Or maybe, maybe I've grown a little older. Maybe, maybe I'm now a parent. Or maybe now I'm a grandparent. There's just a lot more at stake. And so when I'm looking at this issue, I used to think this. But now my, my opinion has really shifted on this issue it seemed in the past like it was black and white, really clear. But now I'm like, man, that's really difficult. And now it seems sort of gray, and, and it's not as clear as I once thought it was. You know, there's actually so many issues I can put up on this stool and say, this is one of those things in our culture. It's not as clear anymore. It's really difficult to, to clearly distinguish what this thing is anymore. Not this thing, the Bible, but this issue that I'm imaginarily putting on the, on the stool here. Why don't you think for a moment about... Maybe the worst storm you've ever been in. It's, that may be hard for you to, to get your mind around, depending on where you're from. But think about the worst storm you've ever been in, where the wind is so fierce and the rain and the thunder is just pounding and everything is crashing. And, and you're inside a house or a structure. Maybe you're in your car and the conditions outside of, of where you're sitting or standing are so powerful that you can actually feel the walls moving or maybe the frame of your car moving have you been in those kind of situations where you're in, in a house and you feel the walls moving when when the gusts come through anybody had that experience before yeah it's just it's it's it's, it's not often that this happens but occasionally we find ourselves where the the winds and the storm conditions are causing us to just be buckling under something it's tense outside some of you know exactly what i'm talking about and in those moments if you're in a structure or you're in a vehicle what happens is you can't really see you're trying to get visibility, you're trying to get clarity on something, you're trying to move forward, but you, you lose visibility. It's just not safe anymore to just move ahead. Sometimes you just can't do that. Sometimes you, you're, you're sort of disoriented when we're in these kinds of storms and these kinds of conditions. You can't hear. Like It's just like you're trying to, to understand what's happening, and so you're, you're turning the dial to try to get your presets and your radio, like, what's going on outside? And, and the lines are just static, and, and you can't really... Again, get a clear signal. It's not coming through. Recently, I was heading to an event, and I was going to speak at this event, and I needed to print a document that I was using to speak at. 
And I kept getting this horrible uh, screen. <laughs> and I'm not, I, I'm not that computer savvy. And, so, and then when I'm under pressure, it's even worse. It's like I waste time on the wrong things trying to solve the problem, you know. And so I, I'm at home like, why can't I get online? I'm resetting routers. I'm like, what is going on here? So, okay, I, I, I go to my office. And I, I can't get this thing to print at my office either. I can't get online at my office. I keep getting this, you know, no signal, you know. And I'm like, oh, no, I've got to print. How am I going to do what I need to do if I, if I can't print what I'm talking about? And, and someone came and said, hey, how are you doing? Are you ready for this? I'm like, well, I, I'm struggling. I, you know, I, don't, I don't have what I really need right now. And he said, oh, didn't you hear? And I said, I can't get online. Oh, didn't you hear? Charter went down in this whole area, Charter Internet. I'm like, oh. And I was praying like, God, if this is a sign, if there's something else going on here, like if, if it's sin in my life, you want me to confess? Or if there's something, if there's something just not wanting this event to go a certain way, like show me what I need to see right now. And I'm praying and I'm asking people to pray. It turns out Charter went down. And, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes that's the case. But here's the thing, once the storm sort of passes in life, which by the way, I looked at the printer as I was praying and it was like, I looked at the printer and I, I noticed, I've never noticed this before, there were some USB kind of drives. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> if I can, you know, just, okay, stay calm, take the thing off your computer, you don't need to be online, and move that to the printer and magically it worked and it printed a document for me and I was, it was amazing, amazing experience. That was a game changer for me. <laughs> Who needs the internet, you know? <laughs> no. But once the storm passes, we can sort of get back to normal. Okay, I can do what I need to do. But honestly, after the storm passes, usually there's, with a big storm, there's a big mess to clean up, isn't there? There's all of this debris, there's leaves everywhere, everyone's frustrated, there's all this anxiety, so you're sort of wound kind of tight, and, and there, you know what? There are some swirling issues in our culture right now that are just ripping through our towns, ripping through our communities, ripping through our state, ripping through our country, ripping through churches. And there's all of this tension that we're trying to navigate right now, and that's what we're going to talk about in this series. If you glance at your, your news feed, or if you browse through the headlines, or you read the paper right now, sometimes we just want to escape all of the differing opinions and thoughts on these issues that are dividing our culture right now. And people are lining up on one side of these different issues and saying, no, it's black and white, it's clear, this is... And we're, 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 we're seeing polarization happen on, on extreme levels, and we think, man, hey, this is, this is just going to... We're heading for something right now, and what do you do? What do you do with all this? Do you just sort of shut down... Social media? Do you just, you know, I was like, I can't handle it anymore. I'm shutting it down. I'm not, I'm not going to be online anymore. It's just too, it works, it gets me worked up too much. Or do you, do you just live a low-tech life and start chucking your devices and just, let's just try to escape the whole barrage of opinions. And, and you, you can do that. You can try to run and try to hide. But what if the differences of opinions are actually coming from your family members? You know, what if the differences of opinions are coming from your closest friends? Your coworkers, church members, uh, people in small group, people you serve alongside, and, and you thought, I thought we were on the same page on this, and all of a sudden this issue comes up and you're divided. Now, now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Many of the issues of our culture involve very, very, very important judgment calls that you need to make, and there will be a, a consequence to 
your decisions in life. Which is why we get so riled up about these matters. Because some of these issues are pretty important issues in our culture. Issues like this. Schooling. What do you do? Where do you put your kids? What kind of school do you put your kids in? What's the right approach? Is it public? Is it home? Is it private? Is it... Uh, is, is there some other form that is a charter? You know, what, what's the approach? Or what about politics? There's just a line and sort of like, man, pick a side. And in this, there's bantering back and forth or it's health. You know, how should I approach my health? What's the right way? Is it medical? Is it natural? I mean, is it, what's the, what's the approach I should take? Or what about my diet? What I should eat? Some of you got really hungry. You know, everybody just got really hungry, right? Because you land on one side of this issue. So everybody's like, yeah, and we don't know who's thinking what about what. Every, you know? I guess I could have had, like, just carbs. Well, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about the issue. The, now, these are, these are, some of these are important issues requiring wise judgment. In some cases, you actually have to get close enough to an issue and make sure, do I really understand this issue here? Do I really understand this? And I want to see it from this angle, and I want to see it from this angle, and I, and I want to really make sure I've got a right read, and then maybe I ask someone, hey, why do, you, why do you do what you do? I notice you, you have this thought on this, you have this opinion on this issue. Why? Tell me, tell me why. And they tell you, yeah, but why? Like, really, Why? And maybe that makes sense, and you're like, yeah, that's good. But then you take a few steps back, and you consider a few other things, and you, you still don't agree on that issue. And it's tempting to believe that on these kinds of issues, there's, you know, that if I work hard enough, and if I get close enough, and I, if I, like, cling to the issue myself, and give myself to this issue, that I might be the one in our world to crack the code, and finally declare it black and white. And I might be able to be the one to say, it actually is crystal clear. And so we, we sort of want to attach ourselves and say, maybe it'll be me that can do that. But here's the challenge. With so many of these issues, you won't find a specific rule related to these things in the Bible. Like, I, you know, have you read the verse that says, you shall homeschool your kids? I mean, isn't it in there? Have you read the verse that says, you shall not vaccinate your children? Or you shall vaccinate your children, or, or, or you shall, and fill in the blank of any other gray area that you want to supply right now to this tension. But the reality is, on some issues, God gives it, he, he, he leaves it up to us to make wise judgment calls based on, the whiz, based on His wisdom. And so, it can sort of be sum, this series can be summarized in this statement right here. Have the grace to give space. We'll look at this throughout the series. And in this, in this three-week series, we're going to discover the guidance that the Bible gives us to know how to navigate the issues that rise up when your opinion on a matter differs, differs from my opinion on a matter. What do you do with that? I have two goals, two main goals for this series. Number one is this. One of our goals is to grow strong roots so that we're not so defensive about our choices in these matters. We need to have the right root system so we don't get so de- defensive. Because some issues we discover in life, 
no matter how hard we try to solve the, the code and crack it, some issues are just not black and white issues. God doesn't tell me specifically what you should do in these things. And God doesn't tell you what I should do in these things. But it's really easy for us to cop an attitude and be like back and forth disagreeing with one another. But that's one of my goals is that we would develop strong and deep roots so that the opinions don't just break us and divide us. So that's one goal. Number two, we want to show the need to give space to other people to make up their own mind on certain issues. That's what God does and Christ followers were commanded to love others as he loves others. So today we're focused on how do I find the strength that I need and you need to, to withstand the winds and the storm of public opinion and personal opinion that are opposite of yours. We need to grow deep roots. Without roots, what happens is we end up bending with the winds of opinion. And some people are just snapping. They're breaking. This is destroying some people. So I want to dig into a passage of scripture that really helps us deal with all of this. This for us seems like a, a new issue. Depending on how old you are and what you've experienced in life, and it, it might seem like, man, this is such an intense issue. Are we gonna? What's gonna happen here? It seems like we're we're it's it's bubbling up to a point where something's about to blow up. But honestly, what helps me relax is to realize that history repeats itself. Like sometimes I start freaking out about these types of things, and then I get into the Bible. And I realized, you know, church history, what people experienced in, in the Bible, it highlights that these same tension points were there as well. 2,000 years ago, people in the church were wrestling with, with issues that some people were lining up on one side and group was lining up on the other side. And it was going on within the church. But that issue needed to be addressed. So we're going to look at uh, a letter written. It's the book of Colossians. So it's in the New Testament. If you like, if you've brought a Bible, you can flip there to the book of Colossians. This is a letter from a church leader named Paul. Paul was sent by a church in Antioch, a city known as Antioch. If you look at this map to the far right, there's a town near the middle, sort of the northern uh, part, eastern part of the Mediterranean is Antioch. And you see a dot there, and you see from there a line. Basically, it shows that from Antioch, this was a sending-based church where all sorts of churches and church leaders came out of. Colossians is a letter written to the church that was formed in Colossae by a person, uh, you know, by a church planter. Now, Paul didn't start the church in Colossae. Uh, Paul played an instrumental role in all these churches, but Paul gave leadership for a season in the church in Ephesus, and he, would, he spent a lot of time in Ephesus. While he was there, there was a, there was a man who, who came to know Jesus Christ. His name was Epaphras. And from, from Ephesus... The church in Ephesus sent Epaphras to go and plant a new church in Colossae. Okay? So this letter uh, is, is from Paul. Paul's in prison at this point. He's in chains. And he's writing letters to encourage and to instruct and to clarify issues. And at one point, one point Epaphras visited Paul in Rome. And he gave some reports about, here's how the church is doing back at home in Colossae. And Paul was so deeply disturbed about some of the things that were going on. Some of the report was really concerning to Paul. And so he wrote the letter of Colossians to them to say, Hey, here's some things that you need to keep in mind. Here's some central issues. Here's some minor points. Uh, this, this, this type of network of churches that I'm describing, the relational network of churches, uh, is something that is close to home for us because we're, we're part of a network that helps plant new churches. We were planted by a group of churches. 
And we, we've been a part of helping to start another church recently in North Fontana. And, and, and we want to be a part of raising up more people to start more churches. And one of the things that you find out about networks of churches is that the leaders really begin, and the members begin to really care for one another and get to know one another. Well, this morning we actually had, uh, two different groups of men who attended our network, uh, men's summit. But one of the group came from Texas, one of the group came from Chico. And they came down to Southern California. They worshipped with us in first service. And but I, I care deeply about the pastors of those churches, their families. I, I, I we support one another. We pray for each other, much like w- what I read in the Bible about Paul's concern for the churches and the people in those churches. Um, so let's read this chapter two verses. Uh, let's look first at one through five. You just see Paul's heart for the church. Verse one. From chains, Paul writes this, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea. Laodicea was a town with a church right beside Colossae, so a neighboring church in that region. He said, I just want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Then he says this, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. The purpose, Paul saying, my driving purpose is that you may know the mystery of God. Namely, namely what? Namely what? Christ. He's saying like, I want, I, my purpose is that you would know Christ. This is a core issue. And he's saying this this, I want, I want you to be on the same page, which is why he just said there in verse, in verse 2, I want you to be united in love around this. But I want you to know Christ. Verse 3 says about Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's all wrapped up in, in, in Christ. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent for you in my body... I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith is, faith in Christ is. And then if you skip ahead to verse 8, he, he, he again expresses a, an issue of unity. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. What was happening in the church at Colossae was so disturbing to Paul is that there were some false teachers who had become a part of the church. They were within the church. They'd, they were members within the church, but they had begun to add rules and regulations on top of faith in Christ. And sort of said, this is what it really means to be in Christ. Is You've got to follow all of, all of these things to the T. This is how you earn right standing with God. This is how you... This is how you are in Christ. They were attaching these things to being in Christ. You had to follow certain rules to be in Christ. Now, the Bible makes it clear that this is the case. Jesus alone. That, the Bible's clear. It's Jesus alone, not Jesus plus. Not Jesus plus rules and regulations and traditions. Now, this still goes on today. We, we have a bent to create formulas and add-ons and, and and anytime we add anything as a mandatory rule to gain, to earn, or to try to secure our relationship with Christ, that's not the Jesus way. It's Jesus alone. 
You establish a relationship with God through Jesus alone. So instead, we're to take our roots deeper in knowing Christ. And deeper and deeper and deeper. This is a real important issue. So weathering cultural tensions, this is really a key idea. We want to weather the cultural tensions. It requires that we develop deeper roots. So here's what Paul says regarding that, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Well, how did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? By your works? I'll I'll ask it again. (laughs) So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so how did you... Received Christ Jesus as Lord by, by your works? No, I mean, by what? What's the key idea? Yeah, through, by faith through grace. It's God's grace. That's how you received Jesus Christ as Lord. It's God had grace and mercy. He's so kind to us to, to draw us to Him and to Himself and to make a way for us to know Him through sending His Son Jesus. That's how you came to know Him. Grace alone. Faith alone. It's, 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 and he said, just as you received him, in the same way, continue to live in him. So, got to keep leaning into grace, is what he's saying. Grace is the critical part. But then in verse 7, he says, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with, thanks, with thankfulness. The, the very best way forward in life is to, is to plant your life in yourself and grow deeper roots in your relationship with Christ. And just go deeper and deeper and get established in your faith. Root yourself in Him, in Christ. Attach, you know, t- take hold and attach to Him and don't let go. He'll build you up. This is a picture Paul's painting. He says, the idea of root, it's really an agricultural, it, it literally it just means the roots of a plant established, that is established and is deep, it's strong, it's healthy. You know, if you're in Christ, this has happened in an eternal sense. This is what has happened. In an eternal sense, you're in Christ for all eternity. You're, you're in the root. You're not mostly in the root. No, you're rooted in Christ all the way. Once you're in, you're all the way in, eternally in. That actually takes a fair amount of pressure off of us when it comes to our understanding of what it takes to maintain our relationship with Christ. We're in Christ fully, eternally, if you're in Him. But not all root systems are the same. Some people are in Christ, they're rooted in Christ, but but they've never really grown. They have shallow roots and they're very immature. And some have deep roots and, 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 and they keep growing deeper and deeper. We walk through life with Jesus the very same way we received Him, by faith, based on the grace that He has given us. And we do this with thanksgiving. We just keep coming back to the fact, thank you God. Thank you God that, that you did this. This is Jesus alone. If we ever start trusting in our track record of obedience, what happens is we find we're on really shaky ground. If we think that we're somehow in Christ through our works, we're shaky. We're, cl- we're clinging to something that is, 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 that is uh, it's not secure if we're, if we're clinging to our own goodness, our own good works. And sometimes our thoughts are just blown around by the winds of opinion, which again is why, look at what he writes in verse 8 and 9. Again, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity 
of God, all the, all the fullness of God, lives in bodily form, in Christ. Often the winds of opinion in the world, whether social media, the office, at work, around the dinner table with immediate or extended family, or even in church, the winds of opinion have their basis often in human tradition and in worldly wisdom. But when you grow deep roots with Jesus Christ, He holds you up. So I want to encourage you in three ways. Number one, center your life on substance, not shadow. Substance, not shadow. Colossians 2, he goes on in verse 16, and he starts talking about some of the issues that were dividing the church in in those days, in their culture. So verse 16, Therefore, he says, Do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard. So there's an issue that still is people are, you know, dividing over this issue of what you eat or what you drink. Or with regard to a religious festival, practices of those days and celebrations from the Jewish festivals that they, the feasts that they had, that the people of Israel had before Jesus came to earth. He says, you know, don't let anyone judge you if you eat or drink things or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are different things that were dividing. These were the practices. And, and, and you know, you might have some traditions in your own life that you'd say, this has meant a lot to me. And I, and I, I choose to continue to practice this tradition. And I choose to worship with a group of people who practices these traditions. Because I appreciate that. It helps me grow. It, it, God has, it means something to me. And sometimes we might, and maybe that's why you're here on, on some level. There's a certain level of maybe, uh, agreement on some of, some, some practices and, and, but, but maybe there are issues that you'd say, they're not, they're not black and white issues. They're, they don't have to be, but I, I'm grateful that I experience these sort of things. But then maybe you go on vacation and you visit a relative and you go, you go attend their church and they don't have some practices that you really like. And you say, hey, why don't you guys do this, this, or this? And we, we get that here. Folks will come from a different church background and, hey, I notice you don't do this, this, or this. What's the issue? Why not? And so for us, the issue is core substance or not. Is this a core substance issue or not? With the things that are not core substance issues, there's a lot of freedom for us in those things. Paul writes, verse 17, referencing the traditions and the new moon festivals and the, the, the things that the traditions that they hold held. Verse 17, he said, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. There was something about the traditions in the, in the past, the history of Israel, that was pointing people there was a shadow of something that was pointing towards something what God was going to do in the future. But these were not the substance. These were the shadow of things to come. And he says this, The reality, however, is found in Christ. Jesus did something that com- it was a completed work. It finished. It, it brought full clarity. There's all the fullness of God is what Paul's writing is, is found in Christ. So then he says, So do not let, verse 18, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility. False humility is, is an idea where I, I sort of, I put on practices and I really, I really, it's practices usually of self-denial in order to grow. But what happens a lot of times, people start doing things in an, in an effort to, um, it actually has the reverse effect sometimes. It becomes a source of pride for people to deny themselves for certain things. And they take pride. We can take pride in some of our practices. 
It says, don't let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Worshiping angels, a mystical thought, just things like, maybe there's a special experience I can get with God. Such a person goes into such great deal of detail about what he's seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. So verse 16, just referencing the, the traditions, the laws, that that had a role in the past in God's plan. If you study the Old Testament of the Bible, you see the role that the feasts and the traditions and the laws and practices, they had a role in God's plan. But once Christ came and fulfilled the law, their purpose was no longer the same. doesn't mean you throw out everything and you just disregard the Old Testament. I'm not saying that. But the role that they had has been fulfilled in Christ. So the purpose is no longer the same with the traditions of the past. These laws that the, the Jewish folks would follow pointed people to the need for Christ. The laws were not rungs on a ladder to achieve a relationship with God in heaven. It was impossible to do that because of how sinful everyone is. But the laws of God and the practices and some of those traditions were more like an x-ray of the heart that just shows people how, how we fall short of God's way of living. They remind us of God's ways, but they demonstrate our, our inability to keep God's ways. And people can go to one extreme or the other. One extreme is deciding to become very legalistic in your faith and start attaching rules and regulations and saying it's Jesus plus all these things, period. It has to include all these things. Another extreme is to move away from legalism and get towards mysticism, start trying to worship angels and have special experiences with, with angels and, and then... Tell people, you won't believe what, I had, what happened to me this week. And get too fascinated with that. And Paul's saying, there's those people in the church in Colossae that were dabbling with these types of things. And he said, I'm very concerned that you might be disqualifying yourself from the prize. I'm, he's, Paul's saying, I'm warning you. You might be robbing yourself of some things by getting into these extremes. The message is clear. Paul's saying, look, don't add anything to faith. It's faith alone. It's grace alone. It, it, don't don't take any of these shadows and try to make them the substance. They're not the same thing. They're shadows and they're substance. Here's a picture of a shadow. It almost looks really clear that this is a man sitting. I don't know how great that you can see from the back, but there's a man in a chair. There's a shadow of a man in a chair. This was made by an artist. He He would use... He's a Japanese artist. He uses everyday objects to try to make shadows on a wall. But it really makes the point that it's easy to confuse shadows and substance. Look at this next picture. It shows from the side, you see it's just it's, it's a piece of artwork that's casting the shadow. It's easy to confuse shadows and substance. This happened to me this week. I was thinking about this idea, and I was walking with my wife, and we were on a walk, and I was thinking about this issue of shadows, not substance, and it was just rolling around in my mind. And I came across the shadow of a mailbox. It looked like a man. And I thought, that's exactly what happens in our world. Is we see something and then we, we keep moving and we clearly see it's a mailbox now. But back there it looked like a man. Just the way it all looked. Shadows are shifting. Substance doesn't shift. It's core. It's central. It's very easy to try to add things to our faith to, to, in an effort to be right with God. What you choose to eat. What you, what you think your kids... How you think you need to educate your kids... Which political party do you belong to? But just be careful in your wrestling through these issues that you don't elevate all of these issues to the same level of the substance, the essential substance of Jesus Christ and knowing Him. That's not on the same level. Paul's saying, he's trying to get at that. 
And we, what we need to do is we need to give people enough space to make up their own minds in the areas that are not essential to the faith. Next week we're going to go further into God's guidance on this idea. Another encouragement to us is this. Anchor your hope in Christ. You know, back in verse 6 and 7 talks about getting rooted. Again, anchor your hope in Christ. Verse 19. It says, He, and He is referring back to verse 18. This person that really was, you know, doing these, these def- clinging to these rules and regulations and traditions, is saying, He's, he's puffed up. The one who's puffed up about their outward practices, he's, He has lost connection. With the head. He's so wrapped up with his practices and his rules that is blocking the flow of God's power. He's lost his connection from the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by his ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So if we hold fast to Christ, who is the head of the church, we will grow. He'll cause growth in us. If we include him, Jesus will walk through our choices with us, as we navigate the tensions, we hold on to Him. We don't hold on to... Don't cling as tightly to the formulas, the rules, the experiences. Cling to Him. He'll help you navigate. He'll help you with the judgment calls you do need to make, because some of these issues are extremely important, and will have consequences. But God gives freedom. I wish on some issues that I could find the verses that say, oh, by the way, here's the essential page. You need to not miss this. These are all things that... And there are some of those things, but when it comes to some of the issues swirling in our culture, we try and we try and try and we can't find that page that tells us what exactly we need to do with that. There's some things that we'd say that seems to be gray. We have to make the best decision we can in wisdom. And so what we want to learn is to trust Jesus, not the judgment calls that we make. Trust Jesus, not the judgment calls. Uh, It's the way we can avoid being uprooted with the winds of strong opinion. Here's a video from a hurricane, which I was in Florida when this hurricane swept through the, 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 the East Coast. This is Hurricane Matthew. But here's a video of a tree that looks fairly strong. Crazy, you know. Now, now take a look at this. I mean, here's just a picture of the same hurricane whipping through, but some palm trees that are just, you know, palm trees are able to withstand hurricanes. Now, you have to decide what you're going to cling to and, and say, I, I want that. I, I'm going to root myself on this and not that. You have to decide, man, that tree looks pretty stable. And so if you cling to an issue that is actually not the substance, uh, you get up, uprooted. But I grow, I grow stronger and stronger as I take those roots deeper. I lock on Him and the anchor. I anchor to Him and it goes deeper and deeper. And as I've walked with Jesus through the years, he just keeps changing my opinions. I have a big idea, and then he disrupts my big idea. I have, a, I have an opinion of things, and I think, I think I've got this down. And then I get further into the Bible, and he disrupts the big idea. We have a navigator to help us navigate the tensions. It's Jesus himself. So anchor your hope in Christ, and then finally, focus on real wisdom, not appearances. Real wisdom, not appearances. Verses 20 through 23. Paul writes to the church, Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, he's saying, you used to cling to all the laws and traditions, but you died to trying to work your way into God's good favor. Since you died to that old approach and you received Christ through grace and faith, since you died 
Why would you, as though you still belong to it, do you still submit to its rules? Saying, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use. In their day, it was clean versus unclean food issues. That's a hot topic still. It says in verse 23, Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. All the rules and regulations do not have the ability to get deep into the heart issues that really that we struggle with, and we need God to do a work in, a, in all of us. There's a limitation on, on those things. We need to root ourselves to Christ and get His real wisdom as we get into the Scripture. R- wisdom is found... Most of the time, as we just dig into God's Word. And as you do that, Bible, one of my mentors says that Bible reading and study will ruin most of your big ideas and opinions. Bible study and reading will ruin most of your big ideas and strong opinions. And so, we don't need the appearance of wisdom. We need the real deal. We need Christ. He's the real deal. So, I just want to encourage you in this first message to grow deeper roots in Christ. And in the Word of God. Get to know God's Word for yourself. This will, this will help. God will use this to strengthen you. To establish your faith. To help you make judgment calls in these important matters. With Jesus as your guide, He can navigate you through the tension points of life. Next week we're going to look at the issue of, yeah, I get that. I, I believe that. Message one was helpful. I need to root myself in Christ and keep taking my roots deeper. But how do I relate to people that are different than me? And I relate to them all the time. Now, I don't want to look at that issue next week. We'll, we'll look at a few passages from the New Testament. Different churches, and this issue comes up, and it, it really is, how do I relate, though? What, do, what are the boundaries on our relationships? How do, what kind of guidance does God give us in those things? So, uh, some next steps. You might want to memorize Colossians 2, 6, or ask God for wisdom in deciding, and then maybe fill in the, the, the specific issue that you're wrestling through, and deepen, specifically deepen in your, your roots in Christ. How? How would you do that? What would that look like for you? So let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your, your great love for us. We thank you for your amazing grace. The song says, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. Once was lost, but now I'm found. And God, that, that we, it, for those that are in Christ, we've experienced your amazing grace. The mysteries of God are, are made known to us in the person of Christ. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us to be rooted in Christ and established in Him. For those that are still asking questions and need clarity, Lord, I pray they would get their questions answered. They wouldn't delay, God. Our lives are short. Help us, Lord, to be building on something that is solid, something that is firm. For those that are here that are trying to walk with Christ, Lord, I pray that roots would go deeper. For those that would say, you know, I give I give you one day a week, God. Lord, please... Take our roots deeper. Take us to two. Two days, God. And then, Lord, lead us to three, and then four, and five, and six. And say, Lord, lead us to just every day seeking you, God. And and lead us from, God, I'll give you ten minutes in my day, to, Lord, I want to give you more. I want to give you twenty. God, take us from where we're at right now and, and lead us forward. Navigate us to the next level with you, God. We desperately need your help right now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.